Men jag stod över nästa vart en parsas trimma. Och då var det parsas, då var det så gick det trimma med iskall ish ashi dveni liboy. So Rashi says that there were three tremes, there were three collections that Moshe Rabbeinu was collecting, and you know some of them there was a set amount of how much to give, and, and in this case it was Yidveni Liboy, whatever each person wanted to give. There's an interesting word in Aroin Aidus, he says that not only was this collection different in the fact that everyone could give whatever they wanted, but it wasn't even a Tzivi Hashem. The Pusik doesn't say Tzavaz B'nai Yisrael, as you find in other places where it was a Tzivi where Yidin were commanded to do something. Dabra B'nai Yisrael, talk to them, Bikhili Trema. And he explains that Ibsha wanted that building the Mishkan should be done with the Aigin roots and Yidin should want this. Talk to them about the Mishkan. Tell them how good it will be for them to have a Shuvah Sashchina on this world. How, how good it will be when Hashem has a place where to rest close to the Yidin. And you're going to talk to them about it. They're going to want it enough. They're going to give it on their own. They're going to come forth with their own, with their own willingness to give this. There's not a command. There's not something they have to give. And Hashem wanted specifically that the Mishkan should be built on something that people wanted to do. Now, when it comes to building Yiddish Ashti, which there's always so much to learn from being a Mishkan, as, a, as when it comes to building a, a Mikdash Ma'at, right? there's so much that has to do with what somebody wants to do. When you want to do something, and you give something to someone, you give, do something for your spouse because you want to, it's coming with you know, that, that roots and that feeling that, that, that interests you, and you're interested, that, that's really what does it. So often people will be doing things, and you know, it's coming without any feeling, it's coming without any connection, and it's, I can't say it's worthless, but it's not worth much at all. Very often you'll hear people saying, well, I do this and I do that, and if only my husband would appreciate it, and, and look, how, look how much I'm really doing, or husbands will say the same thing, I'm working, I'm bringing panus, I'm, I'm fulfilling my obligations. But it's, got, it's not coming with roots, and it's not accomplishing much. Hashem wanted we should build a home for Him, for Hashem's Hashchina, and He's teaching us how to do it. You do it when you want to do it. You do it when it means something to you, and you do it in a... In a you know, in, in that kind of mood, in that kind of attitude of Yedvani Liboy. Now, I think it's important to understand something, and that's where some people get mixed up over here. Often, in my classes as well, I talk about this. There are obligations in marriage. It's not all about wanting. And this is where people sometimes make the mistake. So often, somebody will be asked, how come you're not doing something that you're supposed to be doing? Whether it's a husband or a wife, how, how come you're not doing what a husband's supposed to do? How come you're doing what a wife is supposed to do? Well, I don't feel it yet. When I feel it, I'll do it. I can't. This is hard for me before I feel connected. It's hard for me before I feel whatever it is. It's wonderful. But there are things in marriage that are unconditional and obligatory, and this is what, you know, that, that's what, that's what Aksib is all about. There are things that a husband must stelt see for his wife, and things that a wife must do for her husband, and that's not optional. And there's a reason why it's like that. Even though, like we're saying now, you know, it would be so much better if everything was done willingly. Why do we have to write a contract when we get married? Well, I'm going to do what you're going to do. You know, if we have to do it because it says in the contract, it's meaningless, right? The answer is right. It's certainly more meaningful when it's done willingly. Something you'll do willingly has so much more meaning to it than even much more that you'll do you know, with, with, with not the right uh, and proper attitude. That's true. But sometimes it's not enough. Not everything is optional. Not everything is voluntary. When you're not in the mood, there are still certain basics that you have to do. And that's where it's tricky. When it comes to making connection and building a relationship, it's important to know that when you do it the right way, you do it out of desire and care and, and feeling, you're accomplishing much more. And if you're leaving that out, you're missing a big part of the connection, a big part of building a marriage and a home. On the other hand, there are things that you have to do even when you're not in the mood. So if you're looking to, to demand something of someone else, be careful. You shouldn't be demanding something that person's not obligated to do. Well, you should make me feel... Do I have to make you feel? What if I can't make you feel? What if you don't let yourself get make, made feel? You know, this is not something that I'm obligated to. It's important to be able to know 
it's important to remember and to know that if your spouse is is doing and fulfilling whatever they're obligated to do, then you might not have any demands on them. On the contrary, however, when it comes to you providing and giving and being the best you could be, don't get stuck on, well, I don't have to. So I hope that's like a double-edged sword which should help people understand um, what to give and what to get, when to be happy with what they're getting, when to make some, how to make someone else feel happy with what they're giving, and so forth. So with that said, let me read a question that might uh, help a lot of people out there. Okay, thank you very much for your clear and balanced outlook on marriage and parenting. I enjoy listening to your Torah Anytime lectures very much. Thank you. My question is, my husband likes to unburden himself to me in front of the family or in private about all his customers that are silly, annoying, talkative, drive him crazy, dishonest, etc. He tells me that it's cathartic, therapeutic, that is. I feel, and I've told him so, like I'm a garbage dump, and I'm not interested in hearing negative speech about his customers. It produces an anxious and unpleasant atmosphere in the home. Of course, things aren't better when I tell him that, and I'm not perfect either. My adult sons who live at home tell him that they don't want to hear negative speech either. What is my role as a wife? Am I obligated to listen to him? And how can I succeed in preventing marital and familial strife in this area? Thank you. Okay, so let's start with a small introduction and then slowly ease our way into discussing the different um, parts of this question. First thing I want to say is that whatever one may try, it's always important to remember that if something is not working, it's time for something else. That's a big rule in life in general, personally, and of course interpersonally. Um, so let's. I'm going to start with the given that trying to um, tell your husband that you feel like a garbage dump and that you don't like the atmosphere this causes um, didn't work, right? The reason why I'm saying this is because uh, two reasons. First of all, there are situations where sometimes somebody tries something and we're going to work with what doesn't work because we're going to assume attack doesn't work. Maybe someone else would work. Sometimes somebody else will try the same thing and it will work for whatever reason, either because the situation is different, the people are different, the way it's said is different. Um, but there are things that work for one person, not another. But very often, it's important to realize that for this person, for whatever reason, it didn't work, so it's time for something else. And in general, if only people would learn from experience and connect the dots and realize what does and doesn't work in their own life instead of trying the same thing again and again, that, that's always a healthy way to go and, and a smart way to look for the right way to do things in life. So many people make the same mistake again and again, and that's much a shame. And some people say, like, I don't know, I'm saying this again. Every time he gets so angry, I don't know why. What were you thinking? After the first three times you tried it and you saw he's getting angry, why do you think by the fourth and fifth you'd have different results? That's the famous quote about insanity being the, trying the same thing again and again and expecting different results. So that's just by way of introduction. It's important for everyone to remember that whatever doesn't work, you don't try again. And, and we're going to be addressing this assuming that, like you said, whatever you tried didn't work and we're going to try to either figure out why or what you're supposed to do about it um, instead of just being right or wrong, which wouldn't be helpful. Okay, so but before I, before I address the questioner, I do want to address the husband. And I don't mean this husband. Um, I don't mean, you know, this, the point is not to answer somebody say, well, give it to your husband to listen to. The point is that anyone out there listening to this, and it could be a lot of husbands, it could be a lot of wives. As a matter of fact, very often, um, it, it is wives, and I'm not saying it because it's more often wives, but very often wives. I hear this from a lot of young men, maybe it's just because I talk to men more often than I talk to women. And very many men tell me the same thing. I come home, and my wife, you know, my, my first um, welcoming into the house or when I sit by the supper table all I'm hearing about is about all the difficulties that my wife had that day so it doesn't matter if it's a man or a woman it's a man coming home from work or it's a woman that was home or a woman coming home from work it doesn't matter what's important for people to know and, and take in and realize and sometimes you may not realize um, is that nobody likes a kvetch 
Nobody, like, nobody likes a kvetch. I have this often in my Bukhram Shia where Bukhram talk about, Bukhram ask questions about how do I get along with a friend who's always complaining? How do I get along with a friend who's always this? And I often mention, because I'm talking to a public, a lot of Bukhram that listen to it, I always say, I can, I'm going to address the Bukhram that asks the question. What do you do when you have a friend who's so annoying? But it's important for all the Bukhram out there to realize there's such a thing as a boy who's annoying. So if you're annoying someone, try not to. You don't want anyone asking the question about you and having to get guidance how to deal with a nudge. My point is just that nobody likes a kvetch. Nobody likes coming home at the end of the day and hearing somebody kvetch and vent again and again. I think that's, that's, um, that, that's something everyone has to know. Very often at the end of the day, people need a vent. People do go through stress, especially you know, st- talking about uh, somebody uh, running a store or somebody dealing with people, somebody collecting uh, money from people or whatever it is. Whoever people are dealing with, things pile up over the day and people want to unload and you have to be careful who are you dumping it on and are you dumping too much on someone and is this a pattern and is it not being appreciated? Now there is a time and a place and a person for quetching and, and venting and unloading. There is and I think everyone needs it. And, and I'm saying this again to the husband, I'm not saying this to the wife now. I think everybody needs a person to vent to and give out frustration to and share feelings with but it's important to know um, how to do it and when to do it and that's a discussion of its own that's not what I want to talk about now I just want to bring the awareness that even if somebody feels the need to do that and they and they, and they deserve to be able to do that when necessary you have to understand that many people could be turned off by that it's just not pleasant to listen to it has to be done in a certain way in a certain time in a certain, with certain people so that's just something to point out now let's, let's address the question the question of the woman over here is um, I think one of the only questions really if you in terms of questions, is what's my role as a wife? Am I obligated to listen to him? Now it's interesting because we started uh, with the Dvartoyer over here about about what you're obligated to and what you're not obligated to. If it was your husband complaining that my wife is really obligated to listen to me and she doesn't want to, I might point out to him that I'm not sure where you get that obligation from. I don't think she's obligated to listen to you, Kvetch. She could very nicely say, listen, I can't handle this. But if it's the wife asking, am I obligated to, I think the answer is, the same, you're not obligated to, but maybe you want to. And let me explain that. Um, like, like, I said, like I said before, addressing the husband, let's call it, everybody needs someone to vent to, everybody needs someone to talk to, and very often, um, if you're a wife, your husband might be turning to you for the first person to listen to him and hear him out and feel for him. It's not so out of range. So the point, the question is not, am I obligated to, if I'm not obligated to, I want to. This is quite normal for some people to need a listening ear, somebody to care for them, somebody to show some empathy, especially if maybe he feels like he's working for the family and he wants to come home and at least share that part, the emotional stress that he's carrying, uh, you know, of the financial burden and things like that. So I think it's very very normal, let's call it, for wives to listen to husbands and to want to listen to husbands and to feel that it's right to listen to husbands and for husbands to feel that it's the wife that should be listening to them without obligation. Um, I'll also say, and as I point out very often when people have these kind of questions, that I'm used to hearing the other way around. I'm used to hearing complaints, either from men or women, uh, very often about my husband doesn't share anything, he's in the office all day, he's busy with people, he doesn't tell me what he's doing, and then, and then he talks to his mother, and he, and he tells her all the things that are going on in his day. I'm so hurt by that. So it's funny to see how you know, different people see it so differently. What I mean to bring out is that not only is it sometimes normal and right for a wife to be there, for a husband to listen to him vent, sometimes it's actually very healthy and something you should appreciate that he's doing it to you and he's sharing with you. Now, he might be doing it in, a, in, a, in the wrong way, in the wrong time, in the wrong place, or too often. I'm saying that in general to, to understand that a husband that's coming home and sharing with you, let's call it sharing, sharing his feelings, whether it's unburdening 
or just sharing or telling you what's going on. Uh, very often that's, that's good and healthy and desirable. Now, of course, everything has to be done with limits and boundaries and healthy context. You know, but, but who else, just generally speaking, who else should really be there to listen to somebody quetch if not a spouse? So I think that's just, just um, you know, by way, of, by way of answering the general questions. Not an obligation, but something you probably should be, should be expected to do and want to do in the, right, in, in the right way. Now, what I, what I think is important to understand and ask yourself, before I go on, I'm just, I'm just presenting a bunch of questions. These are, these are always good questions to think about when you hear something like this. I'm not getting enough details here, so let me present the questions that I think would be important for me to know and for you to know to get the right answer um, to figure out what's going on over here. Why is it that you don't want to hear your husband quetch? Now, like you said, it might just be because it's, you know you feel like a garbage dump. Somebody's just being so negative and complaining. It could be that's all it is. But maybe there's more to it. Maybe, for example, similar to what I mentioned before, maybe you're just not interested in hearing what's going on this day. And, and that could be a shtickle problem without being an obligation to be interested, but you know you should be a little interested. Maybe you feel guilty that he works so hard and when he unloads to you, you feel very uneasy about it and you don't want to hear about it. It's easy for you to think that he has a wonderful day so that when he comes home, you could ask him for help with the kids instead of feeling bad that he, that he was struggling today, for example. Maybe you don't like to hear it because that's all you hear and that if you could accomplish helping your husband share nicer things and more positive things, you would have you know, more clarity to hear that as well. So again, these are just different sides of, sides, um, sides of an equation that I think are, are important. Maybe the reason you don't like hearing him kvetch, let's call it, is because you have no idea what to answer. You just get tongue-tied. You don't, you don't know what he wants from you. You don't know what you're expected to say. Or when you say something that's the wrong thing, or he gets upset that you're not saying the right thing, it's just easier to just you know, talk to someone else about this. I don't know. So maybe, maybe all you need is to learn how to respond. And then you'll feel fine, and you'll have more, more energy for that. Um, and maybe... Let me just say this to maybe you're just so different than him and you're such an upbeat, positive person that gets along with everyone and sees the good in everyone that hearing someone be negative and complaining and resentful and, and pessimistic is just something you can't handle. That could also be. If yes, maybe it's important to understand another way, another person's perspective and another person's way of seeing things and things like that. So I think that's, those are just important questions to ask yourself to be able to get closer to the right answer. Um, another thing, which I think is just his side of the equation. Why is he quetching so much? Think about it. When you hear somebody quetch, why are they quetching so much? And this is something people don't think about often enough. Is it because maybe he just needs someone to acknowledge his hard work? Maybe if he would feel appreciated and acknowledged for the work he puts in and for the day that he spends trying to make a living or whatever it is, maybe he wouldn't have to quetch. Maybe he'd feel like he's getting everything he needs, which is very often with kids. That's, that's how it goes. They quetch because they're looking for negative attention. And that's the way to get it. Uh, maybe he's just feeling miserable, which is you know something of its own. Maybe your husband is just very a very unhappy person, feeling miserable about himself, um, and he's lifting his spirits by talking bad about others and putting other people down and, and comforting himself that he's not all that bad. Maybe people are making him feel bad all day. Maybe his customers are making him feel bad, so he comes home and at least looking for someone to listen to him um, talk negatively about them so that he's not so bad. If that's the case, maybe it's just a self-esteem issue. Maybe he just needs some chizik. Maybe not just. Maybe he's a lot of chizik. So I, I think these are these are. Uh, maybe he just doesn't have what to talk about. There are some people that are not talkative. They don't have what to share. So the first thing that comes up is the bad things that happened that day, right? You know, a tragedy or you know, from bad news. That's the first thing that catches our attention. Nobody nobody watches or, or listens to the news to hear how nice the weather is in, in Florida now. You want to hear about the thunderstorms or about the tornadoes. Those are the things that catch our attention. So it could be your husband just noticing the negative things. And he doesn't know what to. My point is just. 
that when you try to figure out why he's saying this and why you don't want to hear it, you might be already more creative into figuring out, you know, does this have to happen? How much does it have to happen? Why is it happening? Are there better ways to deal with it? And everybody could still be very happy about that. I, I will say that um, that in a healthy way, like I said before, I, I think it is therapeutic. You said, you said he thinks it's, it's, it's cathartic. I think it is therapeutic for people to be able to express themselves and feel understood. Um, you know, very often people that deal with other people do want to make sure that they're, they're normal and that the other people that were being difficult today, the, the customers he was calling to pay their outstanding bills and they were being difficult about it, he just wants to get the confirmation from somebody that I'm not crazy, these people are talking being obnoxious and they're not being appreciative for the services I gave them and things like that. You know, sometimes people are just looking for validation, like I said, that they work hard and all that. So it's important to know that yes, at the end of, at the end of, of a difficult day, everybody needs someone to talk to. And that part is normal, whether you feel obligated or not. I think it's okay. And sometimes when you know that, that's all people need, and that's all you have to do, just listen to somebody talk and, and, and validate and understand that that's what they need right now. It doesn't become so much an issue of what he's saying and why he's saying it, who's he saying it about. No, he's venting. He, he went through a difficult day. Talk to any Balsimcha who just finished the Simcha, and you'll hear them vent about all the stress that the Simcha uh, caused them. So some people get stuck, what do you mean? It was a simcha. Why are you complaining about a simcha? I just had this recently with somebody, that's why I'm giving this example. It was a simcha. You're complaining about a simcha? There's so many people that don't have this to make simchas. He's not complaining about the simcha. Stop getting stuck on what he said. Just listen to him and make him feel good and let her know that you understand that, yes, she went through a lot of difficulty. It's okay. It's okay. She didn't sleep by night and there was a lot going on and it was stressful and there was a lot of anxiety and that's what somebody has to share. Don't, don't get so stuck on what's being said. So that's just uh, you know, general, a general um, um, thought. But to make the situation better going forward, aside from anything I just suggested, uh, let, let, me, let me try to break it down to, to some do's and don'ts, or don'ts and do's, let's say, um, which I think are important to mention based on the few, on the few details that you gave me. Um, and again, I don't know much more than that, or anything more than that, I should say. Number one, I'll start with one of the last things in your, in your letter over here. Don't allow the kids to educate or criticize a father. That's very important. Again, not because it's your obligation necessarily. I don't, I don't know if it's your obligation. Maybe it is your obligation. That's not the point. When children are getting involved and being mechanach a father, that he's being negative and the atmosphere is negative, uh, forget about it if they're getting it from you and just repeating what they heard you say to your husband. That's, that's terrible. That happens often where children are just mimicking what one spouse said to the other. And now it's a chutzpah issue, but in the meantime, you know who they get it from, if not for you. But the point, the, the, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who they got it from. It's important for a wife to be respectful of a husband, especially in the area of being the one to teach children to be more respectful. It's very hard for somebody to, to tell children about themselves, you know, that's chitzpah, so very often the spouse is the one that's supposed to be saying, I'm sorry, you don't talk like that to Tati. You don't like what Tati is saying? Okay, but you don't talk like that. That's not a, not a question. So it's clear that if somebody notices children trying to educate or criticize a father, even if it's something you really don't like, be careful about how this is done, talk to them about it, and then on the side you can talk to your spouse about it about what has to be spoken about. But it should never be in front of the kids or allowing the kids or, or promoting you know, this, kind of, this kind of negativity from children. Very important. Another thing you shouldn't do. So one, the first don't was don't allow your kids to, to join in this um, mission of educating your husband here. Another thing you shouldn't do. When you talk about why you don't like hearing his kvetching, don't talk about it in a way that might sound like you don't care for his stresses and his difficulties. And very often that's what it is. You might say the kvetching and the atmosphere and everything, but it might sound like, you just go away and, and stop, I don't like this, it's unpleasant, and it sounds more about caring for yourself than, than explaining or helping someone understand um, 
when such a thing is appreciated and how and how much and why not and things like that. So it's very important not to get too personal, especially not in a way where your husband might feel that you really don't care much about him. Now, again, are you obligated to care about him? I don't know. Not sure if you're obligated to care about someone. I mean, you're obligated to care about every Eid and give everyone a good feeling, but I think you want to, I think you should. Um, another thing, don't try to educate your husband or explain things to him, even in the nicest way, when he's unloading. The timing is so important. I just spoke about this in my Chalamish here uh, this week on Komavasa. So often when you see somebody's not hearing something or not picking up on the right message that you're trying to give, so often it's just the timing. And so many people get this, make this mistake. You know, somebody comes home and he's clutching for five minutes. How oh, could you stop clutching? I can't handle clutching. He's, he's in the middle of doing it. He's in the middle of unloading, unburdening, expressing himself, whatever you want to call it, venting. It's not the time now to, to shove it back in his face and show him that you're not interested. You could do this an hour before, you could do this an hour later, but not then. So don't, don't try to express yourself, even in the best way, at the wrong time. This is relevant to almost every discussion that's emotionally challenging. No, that's, that's very important. Another thing, don't get personal on his part. Don't say anything that's going to make him feel like a kvetch. So often people do this. Again, you're kvetching. You're always kvetching. Why don't you see the good? And you, you have to see the good in situations. You're a person... And it gets so personal and it, and it, makes, it makes people so, so um, put down. And the message is then, of course, not taken well because it's very emotionally challenging to hear something personal. Same with children. A child's doing something. Instead of saying, you mechotzef, you liar, you problem child, you, you, when you talk about the behavior, and you talk about it in, a, in the most sensitive way, without labeling anyone or, or getting too personal, it's taken better. So that's so important. Whatever you're going to say, even if it's not about you, it's just about the message or the atmosphere or the time and place, it should never be personal about your husband. So that's also very, very important. Um, yeah, that's, that's, uh, there's a lot more to say. I'm just trying to put it into a few, a few lines. What you should do. I think what you should do, again, at the right time, like I said before, is start off by clarifying how much you do care for his well-being, how much it does, um, you know, it's a guide to You care about the fact that he should be happy and have a good day. It, it, he might feel, at least by now, by the time you're telling him how much you don't want to listen to him, or for whatever reason, um, that, that you don't care for him, or that you don't respect his work. Like I said, that, that might be part of the reason why he's scratching in the first place. So I think it's very important. I think this is something everybody has to hear. Every husband has to hear it. Every wife has to hear it. Everybody should know that what they're doing is appreciated and respected and looked up to and that they're cared for. I think every wife deserves to feel that their husband cares about how the day was and the same as with her, with her husband, whether, it's obliga- whether they're obligated to or not. So I think that's something you generally want to make sure that it's not coming across the wrong way. So before you do that, before you express that kind of feeling, then why are you telling people how much you don't want to listen to them talk negatively if you didn't yet give them the feeling maybe, maybe that's all they're really looking for. I think it's very important. Another thing, very often, when you give someone attention before they take it, right? that's one of the biggest rules with children when it comes to negative attention, when you give positive attention to somebody before they take attention from you, they might, they might, be, they might suffice with so much less and so much better and more healthy. I talk about this often in the classrooms uh, where a child is taking negative attention. Why, why is he asking negative? Why is he disturbing? Why is he taking negative attention? And, and if he's taking it because he needs attention, so why is he, ask, why is he asking for it so often? The answer is because to wait for positive attention to be given might, be, might take very long and even when it finally comes at the end of the week or finally it's noticed that he did something, it might be very short-lived, a, short, a small amount of attention. And only from one person who's noticing, it's so much easier to get negative attention. You disturb the class. All 30 kids look. Everyone laughs. The Rebbe gets upset. It becomes, it's negative attention. It's not, it's, it doesn't feel good, but at least it's something. I'm here. Anyone notice me? Now the reason why he does that again a few minutes later or a day later is because he didn't get satisfied from that. He knows this child, subconsciously at least, for sure. Nobody looked at me because they wanted to. 
I made them look at me. That doesn't feel too great. So let me try it again, because he's still very hungry for attention. If somebody would give him positive attention before he takes a negative attention, so much less attention would make him feel so much better, at least if he knows it's coming and when it's coming, at least if it comes frequently enough. My point is just that a husband who has a wife who asks him, either before he comes home, or in general, during the day, or right when he comes home, how was your day? Well, I appreciate your work, and things like that. And she's interested, maybe he won't have to kvetch so much, and talk so much, and be so negative, to get her to look at him. Now, I don't, I don't know if this is relevant to your situation, I'm just mentioning these ideas, because it's something you might want to do, beat him to the punch with positive attention, about his day, specifically, and he might have to share less of the negativity, you know, to get you to, to get you to, to look his way, and care for him. Now, in general, if you do want to do something productive in this area, I think that in a calm moment, when it's totally irrelevant, I think you want to mention that you actually appreciate hearing about his day. Start with that. Not like it was so difficult for me. I, I appreciate hearing about your day. I would appreciate if it could be done in a designated time, for example, whether it's not in front of the kids, for whatever reason. I think it's just more personal or more easy or more simple or more positive even. Um, but I, I do appreciate it, so it's not like I'm pushing you off because I don't have nerve for it. I want to hear about it. It means a lot to me that you share about it. And if we can do it at a certain time, that would be nice. I think you can mention as well that I, I, I like hearing also the good parts of your day. I feel like maybe those parts aren't shared with me. Not because you're a pessimist or you only see the negative or you don't have any positive parts. No, I think that the parts that, that you share with me are the parts that maybe are the frustrating parts, and I understand it. I do. I really understand it. Um, I would appreciate if you tell me some good things about your day as well. Not like you're trying to be mechanachim. Not like you're trying to make some chart with him, like his little kid. But I think that you know, um, telling him that you're sure that he does notice all the good, and you're sure that he does thank Hashem for all the good, and that you're not trying to be mechanachim, but you would appreciate hearing some good stuff as well. It's just you know, after a long day yourself, you 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 hope for him and you daven for him, and you want to hear if your tefillahs were answered and he had some good parts in his day too. I think in the, in the right way, when it's said the right way, not in the middle of his scratching, but in the right way, in the right time, I think he'll be happy to share the good parts of you and then get all the, all the encouragement and all the good feedback for sharing that. Um, so that's also important. Another thing which I think you might want to share with your husband, and this is something, I, like I mentioned before, I would tell this to husbands, but you're the one asking the question. I think it's important for people to, who don't like being clutched too or unburdened too to, to understand that sometimes the reason, like I mentioned before, the only reason you don't like it is because you don't, you don't know what the other person wants from you. You don't know if they want you to just listen or if they don't want you to listen or they're going to get upset if you do just listen and you don't have what to say or they didn't even know if they wanted you to say something. Very important you clarify this point and I've seen it help many. When you tell your husband, I love hearing about your day. I know you go through a lot of stress and I can't wait to hear it out. I know it makes it easier. I assume it makes it easier. I'm also like that. I also like when people listen to me. If you could preface your venting by saying, I'm just sharing. I'm just sharing. I, I'm not, you don't have to answer me. You don't have to agree with me. I just have to unburden. If you could preface your crutching with that statement, of, if you could just listen to me, I asked you a hard day, just thank you for listening. It, it just makes it so much easier for me. I know what you want. And a lot of times the, the underlying is that I, you know what you want. You don't have to say that. But I think it makes it easier for everyone. I've seen many people do this successfully. When you call somebody, no matter who it is, it could be a spouse, it could be a friend, you say, listen, you know, if you have a few minutes, I just have to catch. This is something that's bothering me. I, I, or I'm just looking to share. Thank you. It's so much easier to end off by, thank you for listening. It meant a lot to me. It makes it easier for me. And everyone feels better. You've, the person catching feels better because he realized what it is that he wanted. The person listening feels better because they know what's wanted of them. And everyone's happy. I think this is something that in a calm moment you could tell your husband that it would be so much easier to interpret correctly what it is that he wants if he would preface it like that. And you could even ask him if that's what he wants. And very often, that's all he wants. So I think that's also important. And then, another thing about what to do. When somebody does vent to you, 
after all this is to know how to just say, wow. You don't have to come up with answers and you don't and you don't stay quiet, which makes it which looks apathetic like you don't care. Wow, that must have been difficult. That's all. That's all. You don't have to give ITIS and you don't have to dig in and you don't have to make it worse, and you don't have to make it better, you just have to know how to listen. And listening, empathetic listening, real listening, active listening is something that I think every spouse deserves from a spouse. So I think that's that's uh, a lot of what to do. I'll add another few things about what to do, and this is and this is, you know, a little on the side. One thing to do is have what to discuss. Like I said, sometimes there's nothing else to discuss, so you bring up negativity. Many women just quetch about their day and the kids and all the difficulties and the doctor's appointments and all the stresses. Many men just quetch about the difficulties at work, all the financial stress or whatever else, the bills that have to be paid and all the crazy people that are bothering him. And sometimes if there's more to discuss, it just makes it so much easier. Now, very many people feel like, you know, so, so come home with what to discuss. You know, I'm not very talkative. I don't have what to say. I'm in the household day. I don't know anything. You know, your husband hears you on the phone talking to other people. You have what to say. And the same thing is the other way around. It's important to have what to talk about. And I've told many people, before you come home, think of something, find something, read something, ask someone for something, come home and have what to discuss. Otherwise, it could get very stale and very uncomfortable. That's, that's, that's important. Another thing, in general, nothing to do with your husband's day or, or coming home. Boost his ego. I mention these words often and I hear people came back to me with questions about how to do that. When you make someone feel good about whatever it is, just you're working on making this person feel good feel respected, feel looked up to, feel special, feel appreciated, feel needed. When you make someone feel like that, they, they're in a better place. Aside from not needing the negative attention because that's the only way they get it, they're happier people. Your husband might not be a happy person. I'm not blaming you for his unhappiness and it shouldn't become a codependency issue where you're responsible for his mood, but, but on your own, wanting to make the person you love and are closest to happiest, I think will definitely, might, might have the biggest influence on his mood and his attitude and his perspective in general. One more creative tip that I do want to give you is, um, being that your husband sees his customers as being dishonest and problematic and annoying, is you might want to bring back to him nice regards from his customers. Now, I don't know if, you, if you're in the position to do so. I don't know if it makes any sense what I'm telling you. But if you could, and some people who listen to this might be able to, I just met Mrs. So-and-so, or her husband is your customer, and he says such nice things about you. I just spoke to this uh, person, and he said he has a brother who buys by you or uses your service, and he doesn't stop raving about you. It's so interesting that you'll see when you bring back positive feedback, this, this is always how it works. When somebody hears that people are talking nicely about them, they see these people as nice people. Sometimes part of the catching is because these people are giving attitude at work and people, these people are being difficult or, or a person is not just, getting, just not getting the nice regards from people. But knowing how to bring back, okay, the mitte l'shanat from Padarak let me throw that in, of course, so nobody gets stuck. Um, yes, you're allowed to um, change the facts to make people, to make more peace and make people happier. In relationships, you know, as part of Dr. Shulam, someone getting along with his customers, I think that also might, might, um, I think that also might, you know, help out a little. I also want to say that if for whatever reason, you can't do any of this. You can't. You can't listen to the Osman Kvetch. You don't have the koyev, the nervin, the ability, your stress level, your own problems, your personal feelings, the relationship issues, whatever it is that, that doesn't allow you, or doesn't make you capable, for the meantime, of doing any of what I said. I should, that, that's my point, not any. It doesn't, let you, it doesn't allow you to be there to listen to your husband. That it doesn't allow you to do. You might still be able to pick up on some of these tips at least. Even if you, even if you can't listen, if you tell them, listen, it's just too hard for me this month or whatever it is until further notice, I can't listen to your event. It doesn't mean that you can't work on making him feel good. It doesn't mean you can't work on giving him good regards. In other words, there is so much you could do. Instead of getting black and white and saying, this is not for me, and that's why I'm not going to care about it, I'm not going to make him feel good, I'm not going to show him more respect, I'm not going to make him feel more welcome, I'm not going to... Why not? 
at least some of this, the parts that you could do, you should do. And the parts that you can't do, you might want to take responsibility for and tell your husband, I wish I could listen to you by night. I go through so much stress myself. My anxiety level is so high. My therapist told me it's not good for me. This is my issue, not yours. Instead of making someone feel bad and shutting them up with, with you know, this kind of attitude of you, you're bringing down the atmosphere in the home, take it on yourself if you really can't. If you can't do it the right way, for whatever reason, nothing I said makes any sense to you. And you're just not capable. People that maybe can't. Take it on yourself. Say, this is my issue, not yours. Why make someone feel bad? You don't want to listen to him. You don't want to hear him. Kvetch, you don't want him to, to, bring around, to bring a negative atmosphere at home. I get you. You don't think any of this will work? No problem. But you still don't have to make it personal. It could still be about yourself. And this is a tip that so many people could use. When you're trying to get a message across, whatever the message has to be, if you can make it more about yourself and less about someone else, why not do that? So I hope when, when we don't get stuck on the obligations that we do or don't have to do, on the other hand, we do try to come across with whatever we could do, because we understand that building a mishkan and making a shosh is built on roots and built on willingness, built on feeling, then with the right attitude and the right care and the right feeling, the Irish silver can live together.